I shouldn't introduce our pastor again, but I didn't recognize him. I thought we had another new pastor because he got a shave and new glasses. I was so. trying to look like James. Oh, okay. I didn't know. <laughs> well, I made it through week one and didn't run away, so I guess I'm here. <laughs> So this week we're going to talk about joy, which is uh, the second part of the fruit of the Spirit. And this is, joy is something I don't necessarily struggle with, I don't think, but uh, my foundation is joy, but I often don't think I show it with my face or show it or share it with others as much as I should. And Pollyanna, I'm going to call you out. We met this week, we met Wednesday, I met with Pollyanna and Gianna and um, Jesse. And we talked about the fruit of the Spirit, and I asked them, you know, what three come to you the easiest and what three are the most challenging to you or come, aren't the easiest. And I, I asked Pollyanna to guess what my three most difficult ones were, and she got all three of them correct, which scared me to death. <laughs> and that was joy. What, do you remember them? Joy. Do I remember them? Self-control and patience were, were the three that that are the most difficult and joy with, with all the kids there i think uh which were only three i think two of them said joy also so our joy is found in the lord but sometimes we just kind of walk around looking pitiful and i i struggle with that i think it must be a it's a hayden trait our mouths kind of just naturally frown and uh, i have to remind myself to smile so if you see me not being joyful, somebody slapped me one time. I don't know what you need to do, but I need help. So let me pray for us. Father, I pray that I pray that this is a fruitful time, and I pray that if joy is, some, is an area that we struggle, that today lifts us up. And uh, I'm sort of preaching to myself today because I need, I need this message badly at times. So I pray for the kids coming home from camp, and I pray for... Everybody in this building, I pray for my mind and brain that I can uh, memorize people's names quickly so people don't, uh, I don't test people's patience. I don't want to be a hindrance to people. So I'm just grateful for this opportunity and I'm grateful that you saved me when you did. It's in your holy name that I pray. Amen. So Galatians, I'm going to read the fruit of the Spirit verse every week for the next nine weeks. Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 through 26. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to His cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. So this week when I started to, to prepare this message, I didn't know exactly where I was going to look for um, examples of joy scripturally. So I just started reading. I follow this there in the, in the beginning of my Bible. There's an annual reading plan, and I'm way behind. Let's see where I am. I'm on May 7th, so I'm not doing too hot. But it led me, maybe, maybe, maybe the Lord put me behind for a reason, because it led me to John chapter 4, which is the story of the woman in the well, or, or I'm sorry, it's the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman. I'm getting distracted up here. Um, 
as, as I read this, just think, I'm not trying to keep secrets from you. In the, in the end of this story, I'm sure many of you know the story, the woman was lost, she meets Jesus, and she's joyfully saved by Him. So as I read this, just think, just pay attention to how desperate the woman or just beat up and broken the woman is before she realizes that Jesus is the Messiah. So John chapter 4, verses 1 through many verses, 30, I think. Bear with me. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John, though Jesus himself didn't baptize them. His disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with, the Samar with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If only you knew the gift God has for you, and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, You're right. You don't have a husband. You have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here on Mount Gerizim, I think, where our ancestors worshipped? Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the, way, about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed, it is here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then the disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman. But none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So people came streaming from the village to see him. So the Samaritan woman was introduced to Jesus by who? Jesus, which is just think about that. Think about like our, our role in evangelism 
is to share the gospel, share to share Jesus with others, and Jesus shares himself with this woman, which I think is, is an awesome thing to read. But when he met her, he, you know, he called out her sin. He said, uh, go get your husband. I don't have a husband. You're right, you've had five husbands. And he, I probably didn't read it so lovingly, but he, he would have delivered that to her lovingly, that message. Like, I know you, you're a hot mess, lady, you know. Uh, you've had, you, you're, you're seeking happiness through men, and how's that working out for you? And, you know, she, she, came, she came to the well just beat up because uh, the Jews hate her. She's a Samaritan. And so she's hated by her neighbors, and she, she finds Jesus there, and, and he treats her lovingly, you know. And I wanted to show this. I, I, I wanted, there's a video I watched. I haven't watched all of The Chosen yet, but there's my favorite scene from The Chosen is this scene. I don't know if anybody, I know uh, Steve has seen The Chosen. And this, I could watch this scene over and over and over. It, it messes with, it just makes me emotional. But just to see this woman. This, this scene in particular follows scripture. Like I, I watched it the other day and it follows scripture almost perfectly. And it just to see her go from just a totally depressed lady to just so much joy in one scene, it changes the way I read this. So check that video out. So anyways, she comes to the well beat up. She was hostile and bitter. And by the end of the story, she... You know, she's introduced to Jesus and she runs into the town to share Jesus uh, joyfully with others. Our message about our message, my message today is about joy. And so she goes from death to life and she physically runs into the town, says she leaves her water jars. She came to the well to get water. She left her water there to go into the town to share Jesus. So the woman was sinful as we all are. And the moment she met Jesus, she became joyful as we all should. And what did she do with this newfound joy? Well, if we read on a few verses, I won't read so many this time. If we jump ahead to verse 39. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because, because the woman had said, He told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. So the woman goes into the town and joyfully shares. And, and much like love, you know, we talked about love last week. Much like lo our love needs to be shared with others. It's not a love is not something we can receive love, but it's not it shouldn't be. Love is not something we should try to receive from others it's something that we should be giving to others and our joy is the same i know this is the part where i'm preaching to myself i need to tell my mouth to wake up and smile every now and then because a lot of times it it doesn't do that so our joy should be shared with others and this doesn't mean we should walk around with a big fake smile but our foundation should be that if jesus if we are to believe that jesus came to earth and died for our sin and we inherit the kingdom because of our belief in that then we should be quite joyful, right? And for some reason, many, many times we aren't that way. I'm guilty, guilty as charged. So the same Jesus that met the Samaritan woman at the day, at the well that day, 
is the same Jesus that opens our eyes to, to his glory, and we should be joyful in that. We should also realize that the promise, the promise that the gospel message gives us is not, it's not a message of a good and comfortable and rich worldly life. There's going to be plenty of problems in the world that, that try to steal our joy. The promise that, he, that God's given us is that we will live forever with the king in the kingdom. And we need to understand that this promise is sufficient. So things aren't always going to go our way. And I think Romans chapter 5 tells us very well what, you know, tells us about suffering. So I want to touch on that a little bit. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been made, let me see how far I'm going, 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been made right with God's, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into His place of under, uh, into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can re rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. So, if we know that there's going to be suffering in this world that's going to try to take our joy, I want us... I want to do some call and response. I think I put some people to sleep last week. So we're going to wake up, and I, I need you all to participate here. Okay, so if we have a relationship with Jesus, any suffering that we must endure on this earth is only temporary. So I need you all to reply with temporary. Our medical diagnosis is? Our less than perfect marriage is? Our disobedient children are? Our addictions are? Our physical pain is, persecution is, the job we hate is, financial problems are, discomfort is, depression is, anxiety is, and all problems in this world are, all right, I'm going to change the word to forever. God's love for us lasts Say it joyfully. Salvation in Jesus Christ lasts. Forever. Eternity with Jesus lasts. Forever. All right, we're going to hit those three one more time. God's love for us lasts. Forever. Salvation in Jesus Christ lasts. Forever. And eternity with Jesus lasts. Forever. So if we think back to the woman at the well, she shows up at the well at a time. She shows up purposefully at, at, at that time because she knows nobody else is going to be there because her neighbors don't like her because she's Samaritan. And probably the whole town knows that she's had five husbands. She's, she's hiding. Um, things are not going well for her, and she seems hopeless until she meets Jesus. And then Jesus lovingly confronts her about her sin, and she realizes her need for Him. And she has immediate joy when she realizes that He is the Messiah that she's been eagerly awaiting. She left everything... She left. She went to the well for a purpose, that was to get water. She left her water, ran into, into the town to share her joy of the saving grace of Jesus. 
And I just want to say that as I was, I was kind of doing a word search for joy, and every time it rejoice or joy came up, it was all because of salvation in Jesus. And that I didn't, I didn't keep looking. I didn't flip through the whole Bible and think, well, I'm certainly there's other examples of joy. I just the first five I looked for, or the first five that I stumbled upon, were all about salvation. So, as we think about the woman at the well, we think Jesus pursues us in the same way. We're, we're beat up, we're broken, we're focusing on things that we shouldn't focus on, we're, we're focusing on some of these temporary things that I, that I mentioned, physical pain, discomfort, depression, anxiety, and, and that becomes sort of our, we just get bogged down in that. And uh, Jesus found me in, in that. I've shared my testimony up here a couple times already, but I was just indifferent with life, just... I don't know, I'm going to work for a while and I'm going to make some money and I'm going to raise my kids, but this life is this life is not good. And, and that's where he found me. So I'm very grateful and joyful for that. I need to be more joyful. <laughs> I'm getting sidetracked. You're making me lose my spot. So she's hated by her neighbors. She realizes her need for Jesus. She has immediate joy when she realizes that that the Messiah has come and, and Jesus was the cause of her joy. And I was talking about how the same Jesus that met her there is, is the same Jesus that, that wakes us up from our sleep or whatever it is that we're doing, our, our sin, our selfishness. So I just want to encourage you. I want to say my conversion wasn't as immediate as the Samaritan woman. It didn't happen the first time I heard the gospel. It happened after many, many times. So but it happened. And, and how did it happen? I'm skipping ahead. I don't want to skip ahead. I don't have the confidence to skip ahead yet. I just pray that God, that God opens, opens your eyes. Let me get on to, to finish up this Romans passage. So Romans chapter 5, 6 through 11. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's con condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son while we were still enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we, we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. So that should bring us great joy. If we are in this camp of saved people, we should be joyful, joyful people. As I was, uh, I was thinking, I was procrastinating this week. This was probably Thursday. I, uh, I was trying to conclude, trying to think, how can I conclude this? And I've already said what I need to say. If we're saved, we should be joy. We should be full of joy, and we need to be cognizant that we shouldn't walk around moping and complaining about worldly things like, oh, I got to go to work tomorrow, or, or blah blah blah. But at the end of this, at the end of this lesson, I was thinking. How can I conclude this? And of course, where do you go when you in in what year is it? Twenty twenty three. When you want to when you want to procrastinate, you get on Facebook. 
And that's where I found myself. But I, <laughs> I'm just mindlessly scrolling. And uh, I run across this video of these. You, some of y'all might have seen it. I know TJ's seen it because he sent it to me this morning. He said, check this out. This is, this is, joy, this is joyful. These girls are joyful, aren't they? And I said, dag on it, dude. You're stealing my thunder. I'm showing this video today. Don't, don't, be, don't be watching it now. But so as I'm trying to conclude this message on, on joy and I'm procrastinating, uh, these Oklahoma University softball players, it, it's not Bellevue Baptist softball players, but uh, the Oklahoma girls softball team, they were prepared when they were asked, like, how do you, how do you stay joyful under all this stress? And I don't, I'm not following softball right now, but uh, I guess they must be doing pretty well. So play that video if you don't mind. Let's start with you. Let's start with ESPN for, for the players. I know you talked about keeping the joy of the game, but I'm curious. It's a long season, right? And you guys have had the target on your back the entire time, the win streak being number one. How do you handle the unique pressure that comes with that? How do you keep the joy for so long when anxiety seems like a thing that could very easily set in? Well, the only way that you can have a joy that doesn't fade away is from the Lord. And any other type of joy is actually happiness that comes from circumstances and outcomes. Um, I think Coach has said this before, but joy from the Lord is really the only thing that can keep you motivated, um, uh, just in a good mindset, uh, no matter the outcomes. Thankfully, we've had a lot of success this year, but if it was the other way around, uh, joy from the Lord is the only thing that can keep you embracing those memories, moments, friendships, and all of that. So uh, I, that's really the only the only answer to that because there's no other way that softball can bring you that um, because of how much failure comes in it and just how much of a roller coaster the game can be. One thousand percent agree with Grace Lyons. Um, I went through that my freshman year. I. I was so happy to win the call. I've talked about this before, but I was just so happy that we won the college world series, but I didn't feel joy. I didn't have, I didn't know what to do the next day. I didn't know what to do for that following week. I didn't feel filled and I had to find Christ in that. And I think that is what makes our team so strong is that we're not afraid to lose because if it's not the end of the world, if we do lose, yes, obviously we worked our butts off to be here and we want to win, but it's not the end of the world because our life is in Christ and that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, I think a huge thing that we've really just latched onto is eyes up and you guys see us doing this and pointing up, but we're really like fixing our eyes on Christ. And that's something where, like they were saying, you can't find a fulfillment in an outcome, whether it's good or bad. And, um, I think that's why we're so steady in what we do and, and our love for each other and our love for the game because we know this game is giving us the opportunity to glorify God. Mm -hmm. And um, I just think once we figured that out and that was our purpose and everyone was all in with that, um, it's really changed so much for us. And I mean, I know myself, I, I've seen so much of a growth in myself with um, once I turned to Jesus and I realized how he had changed my outlook on life, not just softball, but understanding how much I have to live for, and that's living to exemplify the kingdom. And I think that brings so much freedom. And I'm sure everyone's story is similar, but we all have those great testimonies that have really like shown how awesome it is to play for something bigger. Um, and 
I think that's just what brings me so much joy. And no matter the outcome, whether we get a trophy in the end or not, we're, this isn't our home. And I think that's what's amazing about it is we have so much more. We have an eternity of joy with our father. And I'm so excited about that. And yes, I live in the moment, but I know this isn't my home. And um, no matter what, my sisters in Christ will be there with me in the end um, when we're with our, our king. So, Patty. Uh... They did a lot better job than me. <laughs> so I, th I decided I would show that. Uh, it was just funny because, like, they went to the first girl, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that was awesome, what she said. And, I, and they, they turned to the second one. I'm like, oh, there's no way she's going to do that. And then she does it, and I'm like, oh, this third girl's going to drop the ball. She's going to drop the ball. That's just where, how my mind works. And they all three knocked it out of the park. It was awesome. I love that video. So I've, I'm sure I could sit up here and ramble on all day long about joy and how we should be more joyful. But the case is this. If we are saved by the blood of Jesus and we have accepted that and we are participating in faith in that, we should, we should leave here joyful and we should leave all these temporary things behind. Our job, I mean, we've we got to work, guys. you got to work or you're going to be living in a tent like people in California. Don't do that. Keep working. But let's try to be a little bit more joyful about life. Let's, again, I'm preaching to myself. Let pink smile. Everything is, everything is fine. This, this is not your home. Your home is with God in, 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 in heaven. You know, if we believe that, that Jesus came, to die for our sins, and, and we live that out, and we believe that, then we inherit the kingdom. So let's remind our faces that that is true. Gianna's smiling. I like it. So the word ran when the, when, when the Samaritan woman, let, she dumped our water jars out and ran back into the village to tell people about Jesus When's the last time you told someone about Jesus outside of the walls of this church? And when is the last time you ran to tell someone about Jesus? So let me pray for us real quick. Father, I just pray that we can be joyful in knowing that we are saved people if we are saved and that we inherit your kingdom because of what you did for us on the cross. Just let us leave here today feeling joyful about that and let all these other nonsensical distractions like finances and whatever we're going through, let that just let us have peace. Next week, we're going to talk about, let me think, love, joy, peace. We're going to talk about peace ne next week. Just let us have peace knowing that we are saved. Let us be joyful about it. Let us love each other because of it. And uh, I just pray that if there's anybody that uh, needs to know more about you, that they come forward today and they not walk, they run forward and allow us to leave this church building today running to tell other people about you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.